I'm Matthew McCleary. And I'm Mitchell McCleary. And this is Movies While They Sleep. A podcast where two brothers watch movies and talk about them after their families have gone to bed. Welcome to today's episode, our first double feature. We watched the original 1954 Godzilla. And this week's brand new Godzilla vs. Kong. Streaming now on HBO Max. Now here is our conversation about these two great movies already in progress. Let's jump in, sleepyheads. How do you want to start this one? Godzilla's crazy. <laughs> you know what's funny? No, I was watching these, and my my only point of reference for Godzilla in my life is Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee, <laughs> the GameCube game. You posted that. that you posted the image of that GameCube <laughs> cover, and it just like instant nostalgia that hit. Wow, that was yeah. powerful. I was like, I know the ending of this series because I played this game. <laughs> I already know all the lore. I know what's going on. But uh, it was fun rediscovering that game specifically through these movies this week. It was funny. I kept mentioning to people that I was watching these Godzilla movies, and they said, is that the one with the rock and the giant monkey? And I'm like, no, that's Rampage. What? They made (laughs) Rampage into a movie? Yes, they made Rampage into a movie a couple years ago. Was the rock also in Jumanji? Yes. It's like the same movie, basically. I don't think Rampage that's the Jumanji. same movie. <laughs> it sounds like the same movie. I, I think these are like giant. The cover's apes. probably the same. Let me look up the cover. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're gonna. Oh, it's an albino. Yes. Monkey. Yes. That's how it's different. Do you remember the clay fighters? Oh my gosh. So rampage. Yes, I do. <laughs> and we'll get to that. But rampage the game. The monkey was just, just regular monkey. Brown I'm hair. That, yeah. The wolf had blue hair. Yeah, that's what and I was there's a Godzilla about. creature. Yeah, that was a fun game. Yeah, yeah the Rampage games Gosh. were fun. But uh, yeah, so Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee. So many games are just throwing that word in in this era. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It was it was Super Smash Brothers Melee. Just to reiterate, it is a fighting game. Uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, which always like was one of the most confusing game titles to me <laughs> as a kid. I'm like really not sure. <laughs> Is it a sequel? You, you judge the person a lot by what order they put those words in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, you're one of the Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> but that's what it is, uh, right? <laughs> no, what is that? Sonic Adventure Battle 2. So- uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Uh, you're one of the Sonic Battle 2 Adventures. <laughs> type of people but anyway destroy all monsters melee uh and the the final boss was always mecha godzilla or is it mega godzilla mecha 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 godzilla so i knew i knew spoiler alert what was going to happen in kong versus godzilla yeah because i was like they're both too endearing i like them both too much for one of them to die no one's gonna die in this movie well yeah okay i want to ask you if you have a memory of seeing the because so I hadn't seen any of the movies I watched this week. And I, I do, before we get into it, what did you watch this week exactly? Let's set the stage there. Okay. I watched Godzilla 2014 with Brian Cranston, which I had already seen. I watched, uh, I don't know, Skull Island. King Kong Skull Island. Yeah, what bugged me about that movie was the soundtrack. Oh, just like the very on-the-nose, like... 
classic 70s, 70s. rock D- does every like big budget you know blockbuster type movie in this year or a couple years need to have a soundtrack like that it kind of like a guardians of the galaxy, of the galaxy thing, yeah. thor ragnarok anyway skull island uh godzilla king of the monsters right yes and obviously oh wait Oh god, I watched a lot of Godzilla. Yes, I know. <laughs> Godzilla 1954. Yes, the, the original. OG, the original. And obviously Godzilla vs. Kong. Yes. Okay. So that's And I had only seen at out of those five movies. Is yeah, five, five, five five movies? Yeah. Um, I'd only seen the twenty fourteen Brian Cranston. And I thought He owns that movie. <laughs> I thought we watched a lot for the Justice League week. <laughs> I also watched those five movies and I had not seen any of them before but before we get into talking about these I I want to set the stage for like what my Godzilla knowledge is obviously what I find really interesting about this these kind of stories is how ubiquitous Godzilla is in our culture and that Mm. you don't like find someone for whom you need to explain to them who Godzilla is here's 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 what I want you I want you to find someone who doesn't know Godzilla (laughs) You show me that person. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that person exists, obviously, but what I'm saying, it's it, it, you don't need to be told who Godzilla is. This is everywhere, and right. uh, but I had never seen any of these, any of the movies over the last ten years. Not the original. What I my familiarity with Godzilla is the 1998 Godzilla movie, um, and I don't even remember who's in that. Do you remember who's Matthew in Broderick. Matthew Broderick? Matthew that's Broderick. That's right. It's the Matthew of course, Broderick. A natural selection for. The leading role in the Godzilla movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had seen the Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie, which came out in 1998. So I was like nine years old. Eight, I, no, I was eight years old when the movie came out. And you and I saw it together in a theater. I saw it too, so I, I must have been six. You were six <laughs> seeing this movie. And I believe we saw it with our uncle. And he had tried to not take us to the movie by telling us that the local movie theater had burned down, which was his line. His famous line, yeah. anytime we wanted to do anything when we visited. Their great uncle. Um, <laughs> We'd say, hey, we want to go bowling. And he would say, the bowling alley burned down. Yeah, burned down. We're like, man, that sucks. This town you live in. <laughs> Is, what, uh, what a crazy thing everything keeps burning down just the stuff i like yeah, yeah. Uh, but we he's like my house didn't and we can just do nothing there <laughs> but uh you and i saw it together when you were six and i was eight uh five or six and i was eight and we saw the matthew broderick godzilla movie and i have no memory of it i i can picture the popcorn bag <laughs> oh, okay so you've got some deep memory there yeah you know when popcorn bags are mm-hmm. are uh, decorated yeah, for license like with whatever movie. the movie yeah yeah i still remember his eye and like the green yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah all yeah, movies yeah. in that in that time period had that green yeah like there's a like the batman forever with the riddler had that same green teenage mutant ninja turtles yes absolutely yeah for some reason that movie in my head is called godzilla 2000 is that a thing i, or I, I just i think there is a godzilla 2000 movie hmm. yeah okay here we go there's a godzilla 2000 it's a it's a, a Japanese, um, ja- uh, Japanese Godzilla film from the year two thousand. Okay, I definitely didn't see that. Yeah, so no. so maybe it just sounded cool. Yeah, I, I overlapping that. That I've got some weird year overlap memories. Yeah. Anyway, Matthew Broderick, nineteen ninety eight. The eggs they're hatching. Yes. A very hated Godzilla movie. Yes. 
You know what that movie is? That movie is Star Wars Episode One, which I loved until the internet said, no, you don't. Because <laughs> I saw it when I was like, what? Ten, yeah, six, seven. Yeah. 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 <laughs> which I was like, this is the greatest. Love Jar Jar Binks. He's hilarious. He is. Pod racing is the best thing ever. And then the, I got a little older and the internet was like, you fool. <laughs> so... All that to say, I was inspired when it finally got. I, I had watched all the. I had watched 1954 Godzilla. I'd watched all the uh, recent Warner Brothers Godzilla Kong movies. It was getting time for me yesterday to watch Godzilla versus Kong. I know I'm supposed to watch some movies after my family goes to bed, but I have this memory of seeing Godzilla in 1998 as a very young kid with you, even younger. So I watched this with my seven year old. Oh, good move! And he loved it. He was like, yeah. Uh, he, I can picture him. <laughs> often, we just hung out this past weekend, and I know his energy capabilities. Often at moments, uh, I, I, I think the moment where, and it's in the trailer, and I, I just wish it isn't. It wasn't in the trailer because it really is such a great moment. Kong is standing on an aircraft carrier. Godzilla has like made his way on top of it. Kong leans back and then just like lands the most massive punch across Godzilla's face. Mm. It is a great moment. And Enoch just like fist pumps and says, yeah, this is getting good. <laughs> <laughs> so if anything, my seven-year-old loved this movie. It's a good moment for sure. All right. So how was, so you watched five, we watched five Godzilla movies. How was this overall for you? Um, I love his scream. Yes. That, the sound design that is like held up for 60 years is amazing. Yeah. 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 That was I so I started watching the 1954 first. Yeah. I watched them in order. Yeah, me as well. And um, I, I was a little taken aback by just the title cards mm-hmm. of the 1954. Like, God, it was brutal. <laughs> and I and you know it's funny. So Sarah had gone to bed. I uphold the premise yeah. of the pod, and I'm having the volume, and I'm like, it's like at 10. percent I'm like, this is too intense. <laughs> I'm like downstairs, but it's so aggressive and gnarly and beautiful yeah. and i was actually a little surprised because in my head i was like there this movie can only be cheesy yeah because of it yes age. but um god it has set the tone for like a scary monster movie the you use the word brutal i think there's like a brutalism to the beginning to the soundtrack that like beating heavy drums to the sound design of the Godzilla scream, the way that the like the, that that big bold Japanese characters of Gojira yeah. like just slides into place, yeah, and, and that sets the tone. And I was really taken aback as well. I did not find that movie to be cheesy, really in any way. And and like yes, it's a guy in a suit, and then you can tell. But in the yeah. same way that I can tell when I'm watching Godzilla versus Kong. This is these are CG monsters. You're like, wait a minute, <laughs> this isn't real. <laughs> like, what are we doing when we're watching? I love movies, when people complain not, about that. Yeah, it's like, oh, come on, dude. There's that looks so fake. It's like, yeah, it is. There's no, there's no Superman. <laughs> come on, those laser eyes. That's not how it would be. And right, like there are movies that are. A Tempting to use, you know, modern technology to approximate, you know, something to this high degree of realistic photorealism, right? Like I think of like the new Lion King and, you know, that black. Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't really work. It's kind of this bland. Did you see it? Uh, I've seen, I've just seen scenes. 
Like I, I watched the Kuna um, Matata, I think. Yeah. And I was like, the, the, and we had just watched the real one with Abel. Yeah. And immediately you realize the beauty of 2D animation is how expressive and yeah. dramatic things can get. And this like ultra real, it's like, yeah, lions aren't expressive yeah. like that. Yeah. And and like there's such a weird disconnect. Real lions. Dis, such a weird disconnect between the photorealistic lion and like Beyonce's voice. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, a lot of it, it it's pretty and it's an achievement and i'm glad that a movie like that gets made because it's moving the technology forward and i think that technology then finds its place really well in a movie like godzilla versus kong like this movie served really well by right right super high level cg technology that comes in the wake of the lion king but i don't need it to be context fits yeah but there's no 2d godzilla that i'm comparing it to like come on man we're missing the brutality of that cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So so let's talk uh, just to kind of give this 1954. Yeah. Let's talk 1954. Give this conversation a little bit of structure. Um, your kind of overall impression of this, you know. Well, yeah. First, I'll say that we decided to watch the original because uh, one, just to get a little bit of context yeah. for this um, this franchise in general, because again, my only context was. 1998 and Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee, the GameCube game, yes. which I played often by myself. Um, so, is this, is this one, a, are you like dredging up some like you wish I had played more Godzilla Destroy All Monsters? Yes, I you? am. We're going to air it out on the pod right now. <laughs> you had better games in mind. I'm like just sitting there, just like, come on, Rodan's in this thing. And um, so one context for this world. <laughs> do, which, do you have a lot of memories? <laughs> oh, here we go. Do you have a lot of memories growing up of <clears throat> watching me? <laughs> oh, God. No, this is what I'll say. I'll, I'll take it from here. But I've had this conversation with many a big and small or big and little brothers. Big brothers play video games while their little brothers watch. And when it's the little brothers' turn to play video games, the big brothers leave the room. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. This is what and I was going to say. That is the dynamic. <laughs> I, was, I, I was going to say, do you have a lot of memories of watching me play games alone and then <laughs> me not watching you? Of course I do. <laughs> Why would you? Yeah, that's... <laughs> So this is something what this, this is something you found with other people. My best friend Matt Midtoon did this to his little brother, <laughs> uh, and we we commiser- I commiserate with his little yeah. brother. And did you tell did you tell him how wrong he was to do this? He knows it. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need me being as conscious. Yeah, he knows yeah. it. Sorry, I didn't play or watch you play Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. Yeah, you didn't even you didn't even you didn't even try, man. So that's why we're watching the original one. You okay? <laughs> Matthew had a, a laughing fit that we may or may not have cut out of this episode. We'll see. But we watched the original Godzilla to give us both context for this franchise. And also Criterion's thousand uh, number one thousand movie release. Yeah was a godzilla um box set yeah huge like it's it's like a foot and a half tall 
got a ton of oh, his. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize it's that. It's really specially designed kind of deal. It's And it's like the choicest oh, yeah. movies. <clears throat> like I know there's been like 30 some Godzilla 36 movies. 36 Godzilla movies. That blew me away when I saw that yeah. this week. So neither of us had seen the original, so we needed some some guidelines here. Um, so we watched that, and 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 I'll I'll say Criterion giving a release just gives it a little more um, placement in movie history yeah. in regards to importance. Yeah. Well, so we want to watch it. It's one of those things with Criterion where you know looking back in retrospect, you know, sixty plus years on. We really recognize the importance, value, and place in movie history of a film like Godzilla, and right. and I, I it's kind of hard to tell how consistent that has been over the last sixty plus years. You know, Mitchell, you and I were talking this week, and you mentioned the Roger Ebert review of Godzilla, and what did he give the original? Like one and a half stars out of four. I think it was either <clears throat> half star or one. Oh, it was very geez. low. Yeah, he and he just it. hated it. Thought it was a stupid movie. And I yeah. watch that movie now, you know, with even more distance from its original release. And I think I don't know how you watch this and think this is a stupid movie. I don't. I, right. I, I don't. I don't understand. I mean, and to each his own, and and that's what film criticism is. But it, it's so interesting because it would be easy to you know go seek out an original Godzilla and look at the Roger Ebert or re, look at the Ebert review and think, ah, this I'm not going to waste my time on because Ebert. I like Hebert. I like his reviews. That was it was a big deal reading his stuff growing up, um, and and to have him just write off a movie like that, I would I wouldn't maybe have visited this movie. Yeah, well, I it, it was it was strange reading what he was saying because a lot of his complaints were about its like cliches or or ha- hacky dialogue yeah. or I'm like I'm not watching this for any of that. No. Like I mean, it's easy for me to say that in 2021, watching it for some movie history. Yeah. But uh, even from the beginning, like we said with those title credits, I'm kind of watching this for that feeling yeah. of that ominous doom that you know transcends my day to day. Like I can't picture something like an atom bomb. Yeah. Or what yeah. that feeling is of preparing for that. Yeah. Just like I can't picture you know a skyscraper sized dinosaur rolling through my town yeah and so uh yeah the, that even from the title cards i'm like oh, i can step into that feeling a bit and and also never i'm almost embarrassed to say connecting um those two worlds of threats mm. of you know i mean i know that godzilla has always had that tie to like nuclear energy yeah. being part of his i don't know dna yeah. or what he consumes but Having the context of a movie made in 1954, yes, in Japan about that in Japan, it it, I had it I had never thought about that. I mean, it's like and and the and the weight of a movie like that. It's like you know we grow up watching the 1998 Godzilla movie and it's radioactive Godzilla, but in like 1998 in America, every superhero is powered by radioactivity. Like it's so such a some incident, yeah, some goo, some goo that is like it's just charged with meaningless pseudoscience, whatever that is just thrown out there. But I remember even in the first moments of the 1954 film, you know, it's like 
at night. There's, uh, well, all these shipping, fishing boats have been destroyed. And then there's this island near where that's happening. And, you know, there's this big storm and people think it's the storm has caused all this damage, but you realize that it's, it was Godzilla and they see these big footprints and then scientists showed up and they start scanning for radioactivity. And that is this, you know, major signal for the citizens there that something is seriously wrong. The well on the island is all this radioactivity. Right. Have you ever seen uh, the HBO miniseries Chernobyl? No, I've heard endless great yeah. things about it, and I want to watch it. Ma- Megan and I just finished watching it like last weekend, right? Right before we watched, um, I watched this Godzilla movie, and. Uh, I'd seen it before, but there's a ton of the conversations in that show revolve around, you know, how how high the radioactivity is in any given space based, you know, because of this nuclear meltdown. And and so for me, it, it is this chilling thing to see the scientists scanning and realizing this well is spoiled and we need everyone needs to get away. And I can't right. imagine how much more chilling it would have been for a Japanese citizen in 1954 to right because they have two cities in their country that are basically you know destroyed and 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 then how do you how do you how do you deal with the fallout and the radioactivity and the long-term consequences well yeah the one it's in the first half hour one of the gut punch moments i was like oh my god i this is a different world that i i'm trying to put my head space into Where uh, just an off comment by one of the characters is like, oh, I just lived through, I think it was Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. It might have been, yeah. She's like, oh, I just went through that. And now this thing, whatever this is. Yeah. It's And to think that a movie was made less than 10 years or uh, just about 10 years mm-hmm. after the events of Hiroshima and saying, oh, I've, I was close enough to experience that and know what that felt like or be around that. And the choice, and, 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 the, the choice to make the movie in the real world. That yeah. that Hiroshima is an event within the 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 context of the Godzilla film, Where, right? And and in my head, it's just an event that didn't happen to real people, yeah. you know, yeah. from the history history class or whatever. Yeah. But to have people making movies, um, kind of for people to be personifying mm-hmm. that event so quickly, um, it, yeah, it just it surprised me. Yeah. And she said it so casually too. Yeah. I think that's what that really took me aback for a second because I realized the context of the movie and who made it yeah. and where they made yeah. it. Um, and so we go from that comment just so casually about Hiroshima, and then I'm reading Roger Ebert's unfavorable review, but uh, he's giving some more context for what the Japanese people would be, how they'd even experience this movie yeah. in the first place in in 1954, and he said that. Uh, showing fishing and this is the opening scene in the movie showing fishing boats disappearing as the sea boils up because in the opening year and as a 2021 viewer i'm seeing the sea boiling up i just think it's godzilla yeah. but that's kind of the opening shot is just like a lot of a- underwater activity on the surf being shown on the surface and it's showing fishing boats disappearing as sea boils up would have been read by japanese audiences at the time as a coded version of u.s underwater h-bomb tests yeah. So the the there's the movie's already playing on a lot of of that fear and fear and like baked into a culture and society and and that is so fear from experience. Yeah. yeah fear to that is such close proximity to this I mean 
trauma feels like putting it lightly. Yeah. Yes. Trauma. Maybe not fear, but trauma. Yeah. And um, so with that as my kind of, you know, lens over watching the whole movie, it, I loved it. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. So I, well, I was going to say one of the really affecting scenes for me in this same theme is after Godzilla kind of he emerges in Tokyo Bay and and stomps around this city. Right. This is like um, this is like the big Godzilla stomping around scene and at night. Yeah. At night. And I mean, you know, the fire brigade's out and I mean, there, there's nothing can stop him. And he just starts lighting up and blowing fire and things are just melting around him. The next scene is like in a hospital and all of the survivors are basically like taking stock and and it's almost as if what I could be watching is documentary footage of survivors of of one of the bombings in Hiroshima or Nagasaki like uh, clearly that's what it is evoking and that's intentional and I can't imagine again this this way of of literalizing that uh, so close to an yeah. event like that. And, and, and I thinking about our own lives and like kind of cultural traumas that we've lived through and, and, and I, I mean, nine 11, I guess is the closest thing. Um, but again, like I don't like, and, and there's a lot of yeah. culture that's about nine 11 and, and abstracting it in different ways. But it, there's, there's such a different, feeling I, I mean mm. uh, with, with the way that the Japanese filmmaking this kind of, that style of Japanese filmmaking is doing it where it is yeah. it's this very sober reality about it and I think there's a lot of sober culture in America over the last 20 years about 9-11 but so much of it is also about like valorizing our heroes and you know you know right we're, it, it's it, there's still a, a vein of politicized messaging maybe i mean there there is like there's such a quality of american exceptionalism in the kinds of yeah. things in the way that we're dealing with our trauma and um and and like that very complex where for for us in america in you know the years after 9-11 it's not that complex so you have a show like 24 that exists and jack bauer mm. just gets to like kill terrorists every day right and, and right. because the villain was terrorists and and so we we making cultural about culture about the literal thing but yeah. 1954 in Japan Japan has a relationship with the United States that's different than it did during the war and yeah and and it's this diplomatic thing and so the culture is like the enemy is a giant monster right like yeah it it you forget that it's just a guy in a monster suit yeah. in those scenes because yeah. yeah they're in the hospital and then it cuts to a, a group of people listening to the radio the live action of what's happening yeah. they're praying yes and then it cuts to a, a, a children's choir which for i think i don't know why but for this there, there's so many beautiful godzilla mm -hmm. shots of like black and white just super moody almost it reminds me of night of the hunter yeah the the type of yes. um high contrast yeah tenebrism which is um, a painting style that I'm learning more about just because I'm really drawn to it. And the description is a violent contrast between light and dark. Yeah. Um, and so it's beautiful. But for some reason, the one of the shots that hit me the most, uh, I'm just going to say is my favorite shot 
we'll do an early favorite shot for 1954 is this children's choir um that's singing it's on in the same montage as the hospital and people praying by the radio and uh they're just singing uh hear our song have pity on us it's like they're yeah. singing to a god mm-hmm. but it, it and it's like they're singing to the monster but it's it y- y- obviously your brain is going yeah. to the atomic bomb yeah. you know oh absolutely and like man you get to step into that feeling and, very viscerally and and the feeling of absolute futility in trying to stop this thing there exactly there's, there's nothing you can do nothing you can do and it's just coming and and it's it's that boy is that is that how a lot of the world felt in the years and decades after those bombs were dropped like well we're yeah. not going to be able to stop it and, and it's this horrifying thing to look back on um, yeah it's a, it's like an <clears throat> acceptance yeah yeah and that that's what i think the difference is in like the american culture uh, filmmaking stuff that comes out of 9/11 in the Iraq war is the Iraq war is a little more complicated but especially 9/11 it's very valorizing of our heroes and like we're going to go after terrorists right yeah we're less inclined to sit with the pain and sorrow and and the sobriety tragedy. of the kind of reality yeah. yeah um yeah i i was i was blown away by this movie and then uh, and then even like the kind of resolution and the ending, which is a, is much quieter, and and the you know preceding films do not follow in this vein in any way. Right. Like yeah, the ending is interesting. <clears throat> right. The 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 Godzilla movies that we're used to, you know, the recent stuff they end with like it's like Godzilla versus Kong. The last thirty minutes is just a brawling showdown in Hong you see Kong. flashes yeah what is oh is that you're watching it yeah <laughs> they're entering the like zero gravity thing yeah uh i have the movie listeners i have the movie on in the background Godz- just godzilla versus kong on yeah. yeah just just in case something jumps out to me <clears throat> yeah uh right the last 30 minutes of that movie is just an all-out brawl in the you know the cityscape of hong kong yeah but the last you know 30 minutes of the original it's very quiet it's this scientist who has developed a weapon that basically it's this oxygen sucker or something it it destroyer yeah oxygen destroyer it destroys all the oxygen in, in a area which does come back in one of the later Godzilla uh, movies King of, the a, monsters. Yeah, King of the monsters they try it it doesn't do anything yeah. um but and but he it's this it's like his morality parable of he has developed this incredible weapon but does not want it to be ever used and doesn't want the technology to get out there and doesn't want it to be reproduced to the point where he goes and kills himself in the using of it so the knowledge of this technology dies with him but he is also a hero who destroys Godzilla and eliminates the threat like Right there, this is this is a nuanced, interesting picture of ethics and morality in the face of atomic war. Yeah, and apparently the the first, like the American version of the movie that was first released, cut out of the law of politics of the movie. <laughs> it was it was called Godzilla King of the Monsters, like it, it, like ten years later or something, released to American audiences. But they cut all the stuff at the end where one of the main characters is saying, you know another Godzilla can happen if we keep testing these H-bombs underwater, mm. if we keep going down this violent path. And, and of course, that was cut out for American audiences yeah. and cheapens the movie. But there, 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 there's a lot of meat 
just, just thinking about the time alone, there's there's some heaviness to that original movie. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I was I was special. really impressed. I I yeah, really enjoyed um, that viewing experience. Yeah, and even knowing or like having some moments where, you, oh yeah, it's a guy in, in a suit. It's like it doesn't bother me at all. No. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Because uh, again, I'm not looking for it to make me think that this is for sure real. I, I had um, moments where I was like, I know this is a guy in a suit, but actually, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, especially and, and, like I I'm a big fan of movies that like use heavy have have heavy use of like miniatures. Yeah. And and like the, you know, this is what they did. They built these miniature cities and then let him stomp around it. And the miniatures all look awesome. And I was thinking, like, there's a reason Jurassic Park is still one of the best looking yeah. m- movies of this type. Yeah. It's like a lot of it's real. Yeah. And and the know? same with with the original like Star Wars trilogy, where yeah. all of the all of the ships and stuff were miniatures that they just filmed. And so it looks awesome. Yeah, and it, and like even if it does look l- like more fake, it it still looks more real, more tactile. And, and I always like something that I can feel yeah. versus like endless. Like Transformers is a good franchise of like <laughs> this is just madness. Yeah, it's these cr- shapes it's, that are moving it's around. Crazy. It's incoherent. Yeah, I mean, ju- ju- I mean, obviously, the, what's going on on the screen, like the actual battles or whatever. But when a transformer changes, it's like my brain is breaking <laughs> it, it looks so it, it takes me so out of it because yeah. i'm yeah it just it, i don't know a reminder that this is not real enoch and i watched um my seven-year-old we watched wizard of oz last weekend and he had never seen it before and and you know the tornado comes at the beginning of the movie and the house gets picked up and it's a miniature little house that's being spun around probably on a piece of string or something and and it looks awesome it's a great effect and Enoch is like, oh, how, how, you know, he's asking all these questions of like, how did they make the house fly around like that? Because he's thinking in terms of this is a giant house. Right. And, and I, you know, I was telling him, oh, they make it as a miniature. And he's totally intrigued by this. So we're watching, you know, Godzilla versus Kong. And he says, and he's pointing at things on the screen. He says, okay, is that a real thing? He's pointing at a human. I'm like, that's, that's real. He says, and he points at Godzilla. Godzilla's not real. I said, no, they drew him on a computer and then they use the computers to put it in there. And so he, and it's, it's been really fascinating to watch him kind of put things in categories when it, now, right. now when it comes to movies of what's real and what's not. Uh, right. <laughs> he's like, so Godzilla's for sure not real, right? <laughs> Especially as we're moving out of, just animated stuff and now into um live action and and just different right. things. It's, it's been a lot of fun it's like hollow earth Is that- <laughs> you're like no but flat earth there, there's something to that um but yeah so i mean just wrapping up the original yeah. did you have a did you have a favorite shot um i i i'd have to go back and look and we'll post it on the instagram this week i think um yeah. there's a shot of the monster and and it's like that very severe um uh contrast the it's an it's a night shot of the monster with flames with going flames and everything that is just yeah so well put together from a technical standpoint of the 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 way that they you know have done it so it looks you know this way um and yeah. scale and all of that is really impressive and it is still so affecting because it's yeah. this unmistakable, you know, silhouette or image of Godzilla, and um, and 
It's the iconic moment. And I think, you know, it's it's that funny thing. We criticize a lot of modern day blockbusters if their big CG fight is like in the rain at night. <laughs> and, right. and, and which all these are. And like they do that because, you know, it's easier and cheaper to cheat the CG, uh, the CGI when it's dark, right? Right. Yeah, well actually that was that was one of my complaints for I mean that was my biggest complaint for not my biggest, but King King of the Monsters was a bad movie. Yeah. Um, but all of the fights, I feel like, were at yes. night. But uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, like the first one was kind of golden hour yep. on, on, the, on at, at sea. sea. And then the second one was at night, but it was so cool. I know. Because it was all this neon, yeah. you know, yeah. Hong Kong like decor yeah. that was like, this is beautiful yeah. to watch. And then the final fight so they, they, is in the morning, during the morning. day. I, I yeah, was they so really impressed. they subverted that. <laughs> yeah. It, all the battles look so great in this one. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's 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 perfect. That that like is was my other one, yeah. so that's perfect. Yeah, so, yeah and I was just saying, yeah, like, so the, something about. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was just saying the ahead. the way that they capitalize on we're going to film it at night, we're going to set these things in the dark because that's how we're going to get away with it, and it and it really succeeds because the images are so arresting. Where yeah. modern CG stuff at night just looks bad because it's hard to decipher what's happening on the screen. Where yeah. they're using that in 1954 to actually make it clear. Everything's and real. Yeah, all the textures and things that are happening are real. Yeah. I mean, they're they're manipulated. Yeah, but yeah. optically, but they're real. Yes. That's why the night ones are so annoying yeah. or not not satisfying. Mm-hmm. But um, that's yeah, that's great. And then I yeah, so I'm gonna do mine with that choir, but with that like subtitle of "Have Pity on mm, Us." Yeah, because I was not expecting to see an image like that and feel what I felt in that moment yeah. from a monster movie. Yeah, it's it's it, I so, I love this movie. It was a lot of fun. Great context yeah. and just great movie. And that fast forwards <laughs> us into the monster verse, which I don't know if you want to explain because I I didn't even know it was a thing till this. Yeah, week. I mean we've. This is kind of the Warner Brothers over the last 10 years or so, the Brian Cranston 2013 Godzilla movie, which I actually think is really good. 2014. 2014, sorry, uh, which I actually really enjoyed. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, I rewatched it. I liked it a lot more than I did originally. Yeah, and and I think I mean, we don't need to spend a ton of time on it, but I think it's a just uh, a similar way of using the monster as the original where he's not just all of a sudden it's Godzilla and he's fighting, but he just kind of emerges, and it, it's kind of that you know the jaws approach you know you're you're not gonna yeah it's a long time before you see mm-hmm. him which makes it so satisfying when you do yeah yeah that movie has oh i was just gonna say which is why i think king of the monsters the 2019 you know sequel direct sequel doesn't work uh i mean it doesn't work for a lot of reasons but it's just like another monster shows up and another one and another one and another one and they all fight all the time mostly in smoke and in darkness yeah clouds of lightning yeah um yeah i i saw a movie reviewer talk about how people complained about the 2014 one saying it's too much people not enough monster yeah and then people complained about king King the monster saying it's all monsters and all the people are like cardboard (laughs) like non-character developed stand-ins that are just like look at what they're doing now yeah which is funny you can't you can't win but well see i think the the Brian Cranston 2014 Godzilla, the people stuff really works because it's pretty simple. It's, you know, the scene, I mean, yeah. in the beginning, he loses his wife in the nuclear accident. Wife dies. Like, okay, I can relate to this. 
then why he's motivated. Yeah. <laughs> Megan's died before. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could relate you to the, 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 the fear of that, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and then, you know, and then the main character ends up being his son after he dies early in the movie. Like th- that's just kind of very family oriented, you know, fears and yeah. insecurities and dramas where the King of the monsters, I don't really know what was motivating like the villains or a lot of the people. And it, Oh, I thought it was so dumb when she went into her speech about the human infection. Oh my I was gosh. Like, oh really? When she had all that it, B-roll ready to go for her zoom call. <laughs> I know it got so preachy so fast because yeah. I was so confused by her yeah. and, and why her, sorry for jumping around folks. Um, but like why her losing her son to Godzilla would be like, yeah. all right, now let's kill all people. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. I just, the, the human drama stuff doesn't work in that movie and then, and the fights are just frankly much less interesting. The monster stuff. And yeah. And 2014 is nice because the the human characters are just kind of used as like almost camera operators. Yeah. <laughs> like this is our guy, so we can see what's going yeah. on from beat to beat. Yeah. But there there was such an artfulness to that movie too. Mm-hmm. I felt like, like it, it kind of how we talked about with some of these DC movies, um, Man of Steel or yeah. even Justice League. A lot of um, the Snyder approach felt very thematic and artful, and yeah. like a lot of the movie you could pause it. And it would be a, a beautiful shot yeah. on its own um, versus like an Avengers when it's like a lot of just like people talking in a room. Mm. And uh, I saw some in some some YouTubers talking about this of Joss Whedon because um, he did Buffy. Yes. right? And so they compared a Buffy episode to a conversation in one of the Avengers movies. Mm. And it's shot the same way of just like a bunch of people just like standing yeah. and talking in a room and, and like wisecracking. Yeah, it kind of shot just like a um, soap opera. Yeah, but a lot of Snyder stuff is is really uh, invoking and yeah, much more ha- and, highly composed shots. Yeah, yeah. and so that's what the, um, 2014 felt like compared to say Skull Island to mm. me. Oh, you're saying Skull Island has the more the quippy. We're all here on an adventure. We're gonna crack wise and. Yeah, yeah, and in order it goes: twenty fourteen, Skull Island, King of the Monsters, and Kong vs Godzilla. Yeah. But and and King of the Monsters almost felt like a halfway between yeah. twenty fourteen and Skull Island. Yeah. But all that to say, twenty fourteen very much enjoyed and thought there was a lot of artful moments in it. But fast forwarding, that kind of just sets up the monster verse, yeah. which is uh, Warner Brothers, like a like Avengers copycat or MCU copycat of like, let's tie together a bunch of movies in this universe. Yeah. With, and yeah. I with mean, some like, recurring like characters. Universal Studios has tried to do this with characters like um, Van Helsing and Dracula and Frankenstein, like, and the mummy, like, and it's so many stops and starts with that. And it never goes anywhere. Everybody wants to do the MCU thing. We can bring this to, you know, Godzilla versus Kong, the new movie, which is kind of set up to be the coming together of King, you know, these different characters, King Kong and uh, the end game, if you will. Yeah, but but less so because you know all these movies take place in different time periods, and it's not as interested in any of the plot dynamics. And that's kind of what I really liked about Godzilla versus Kong. It's like so much of the plot is dispensed with, you know the yeah because it's so shaky already. Yeah, you know the, it's like the quicker we can get away with from that, the better. Which 
King of the Monsters felt like they kept trying to yeah. explain why it was possible that these titans are waking up. King of the Monsters is obsessed with so much bad expositional pseudoscience and bioacoustics, blah, blah, blah. And it. Yes, it, the amount of PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> That are clearly just for to give the audience like they're talking to an imaginary audience. And I'm like, why, why, like, why am I spending? We have six monsters in this movie. Why are we getting another scene where they're explaining bioacoustics to me? Because the bioacoustics orca whale, wow. they talk. And then when the monsters do fight, I'm still bored. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I I was doing more deep diving into the Godzilla verse and uh, King Ghidorah which is the mm-hmm. main monster in, in King of the Monster. It's like his arch nemesis yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. It's like, oh man, I wish there was more of a sense of that. Yeah. But uh, you, know? The, you know, the new movie is 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 really tight uh, plot-wise. Like, you know, I mean, there's some weird expositional stuff in here, but like the rhythm is much better. Is, the pace is much it better. It is so much faster. It is not messing around with anything. You know, it even the writing is tighter than the previous movies. Yes. And like and you feel it very quickly. I mean, I do because I watched all five yeah. <laughs> like in a row, but like that's the thing I noticed instantly was like, man, this feels quick and we're moving forward and nothing's bothering me about the setup. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you a moment that this really stuck out to me in a good way. You know, they go to the to the hollow earth through Antarctica, which, you know, it's all like convoluted and that's what these movies have is convoluted plot stuff but okay so we're in the hollow earth and now it's like rollicking god or king kong chase pterodactyls and you know it's it's there's some tense action stuff in this this is fun and i don't really have a lot of time to question any of this and then king kong finds his old throne room or something um we assume his old throne. i, room. I don't know and he finds his old battle axe and um you know and then the bad guys are doing but the battle axe turns into an image of godzilla <laughs> wait a minute and uh then the bad guys are like stealing some energy source from from this place and okay now i'm starting to question this and then all of a sudden the ground explodes because godzilla is in hong kong shot through the earth senses that king kong is at his throne and is just like doing his electric dragon breath to dig a hole to the hollow earth and it reminded me of like being a child and thinking i could dig a hole to china in the si- sandbox at school yeah you know i loved that and then like that's the exact same feeling yeah. i had and and then it's like oh this is how we get these two characters together king kong is just going to climb up the giant hole that godzilla has burned through the center of the earth and i don't hate Heck it yeah. because it moved everything along much quick quicker than what i think another a poorer movie would have done and it was just like boom boom right. boom here we are and just some general synopsis that have been set up by the past movies these titans a la godzilla King Kong have been awakened and uh, they protect the earth kind of, you know, yeah, the villain, I, the I, villain I, plot in, in the new movie uh, is, you know, this, this villain has basically taken, you know, the, some remains of some of the dead Titans and, and the, the kind of designs of the Titans to create Mecha Godzilla, big robotic Godzilla that is supposed to be controlled through, you know, mind link by a scientist but then Elon Musk. Yeah. And then Mechagodzilla becomes sentient and gets a mind of its own, right? 
Yes, yeah. and also very important detail: Mega Godzilla was the final boss in Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee. Of course, of course, yeah. Uh, that's clearly our through line this episode. How badly do you want to play that game right now? <laughs> I will continue to bring it up. There's got to be like a you some know, port online. One of those, yeah, yeah, one of those some tony message me <laughs> uh yeah tony send us a link um you know i the, i'm having this movie play on in the background yeah i'm like is it okay just to have just it's just pure fun yes that's that's because i i i unlike the 1954 i have nothing to say about this movie no. and like the any ideas being explored no but uh, uh, unlike justice league which was fun but there's also still a lot of um, meaning making mm-hmm. wanting this movie wants to have you know yeah. this is just fun that is what is being reiterated to me as it plays in the background this I, I think I was reminded of this or had this feeling because I watched it with my seven year old yeah and if, if I had watched this as a seven year old I would have thought this was the greatest movie of all time Right, like because <laughs> you did think Godzilla 1998 was the probably movie because I remember being that age, and if you ask me what my favorite movie was, it was whatever the last movie I had seen was Godzilla. <laughs> like that's that's where you are as a seven eight year old, right? And right. it's the spectacle, and I just so enjoyed this new movie as pure pop. I mean, it was, we watched it. In the middle of the afternoon, it was three o'clock. I made popcorn. We had gone to the store and bought some candy. Like we did this as a matinee in our living room, and literally just fun. And it was just so fun. And like Enoch is asking me all these questions about what the characters are saying, and he was very confused. I had the subtitles on because he was talking quite a bit, and right. there are subtitles because one of the characters is deaf, and there's heavy use of sign language um, with this character. And so I would read those lines to him when he would see them. But sometimes he would see subtitles and he would be like, why aren't you reading that? What does that one say? And I'm like, all it says is Godzilla grunts. (laughs) 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 Okay. Okay. Um, But you know, Enoch's asking all these questions and it was just like so fun to just watch this movie where I didn't need to pay that much attention. And I could just be totally enjoying on the same level as my son, like the spectacle that we're watching. I mean, yeah, the 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 fight at sea is fantastic. Like the the one of the things that really stuck out to me in the in the staging of it and the in the kind of where I think it really succeeds is there is such a, a weightiness uh, to these characters. I mean, I think the whatever actors did the motion capture for the two Titans in this movie. I mean, yes, they are doing incredible work uh, because, yeah, because watching like when he's vomiting up water, <laughs> I love that, <laughs> but it felt like real. Yeah. It, when yeah. he comes out from being underwater for too long, you know, he, he Kong Kong. Yeah. Um, Godzilla can breathe underwater. But, but also like when Kong kind of. throws his weight around to land a massive punch across Godzilla's face it's like you, you feel you like feel it's it. you feel that um you know I love the the Hong Kong battle just like you said Mitchell because it was in that setting of this the the, the bright neon of the cityscape of Hong Kong reflecting on these two monsters and yeah. it looked really good it just looked great um this movie yeah looks the best 
out of the MonsterVerse. I mean, 2014's got a moodier feel, yeah. which is but, really... But, you know, like, I, I, you know, I watched King of the Monsters, and they're, the last battle between Ghidorah and, and Godzilla is uh, in, what, Boston? Which, one... Why? I... Like I, you know, it is interesting to me that not one of these movies has a battle that takes place in New York. So I guess good on them for not being that on the nose. Um, but but it's like Boston, it it's at Fenway. Yeah, it, it, it's like other than it, other than they, them saying it's Boston, there's nothing so descriptive about it other than Dunkin' Donuts billboard that they crash <laughs> through. Which it's I don't like moments like I that know. where it's so like look guys, that's that's part of our yeah, world. Yeah. But to just light up Hong Kong like this, almost like a Tron movie, yeah. is so much more fun. Yes. And that's the point of yeah. this is, like, let's have some fun here. Uh, do you have a favorite mo- moment from this new movie? I Like, as it's playing, I do like when Kong's in the Hollow Earth and there's all this gravity, gravitational mm-hmm. switching that's happening. And he jumps out to touch this rock mm-hmm. statue or uh, carving, yeah, I don't even formation that looks like a finger, and he's reaching out to touch it. So it's this God and Adam <laughs> moment, but it's King Kong, and it, it's it's so like obvious, but yeah. it's just like again, just a fun little moment, and it it looks cool, yeah. But in general, I just like I don't know if there's a single moment from the Hong Kong battle, but just the way everything is lit up is pretty sweet. And then the last one I'll say is. Um, when it looks like Mega Godzilla is gonna kill mm-hmm. real Godzilla, mm-hmm. and you get a moment of like like you were saying the acting, yeah, the motion capture, but they zoom in on Godzilla's eye, and like the animators, yeah, are able to express in this fake monster like I think I'm gonna die right now, yeah, and this is it, and there's like sadness and acceptance at the same time. Like I, I was actually yes. blown away yeah. by that like two second moment. Yeah, I I love because it's. It's it's easier to get the expressive stuff across with King Kong, um, yes, because you know the he's age, easier to relate to. Yes, in and a lot of movies. and like and in this movie, King Kong starts doing sign language, so he's been studying like great, like he's literally Coco. <laughs> right. <laughs> he is uh, that monkey's uh, all right. So. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's he is literally communicating with the humans, where Godzilla doesn't. But yeah, there are still moments where it, they are expressing what this monster is feeling. Um, I also find it astounding to me, Mitchell, that you did not just immediately say that your favorite moment of the movie is, which is the best moment in the movie, after Kong's heart has been restarted because they blew up a spaceship on his chest or something. He right. gets up. They've said Godzilla's not the bad guy anymore. You got to go after the robot Godzilla. And he's holding his arm and realizes that he's dislocated his shoulder. And then he snaps that uh, thing back into place back in. by ramming it into a still standing building. <laughs> I thought that was dope, but I didn't. <laughs> okay. Uh, King Kong uh, popping his dislocated arm back into his shoulder is uh top by a skyscraper yeah, yeah. using a skyscraper via, via, to do yeah via skyscraper uh, top 10 movie moment of the year i'm gonna say it right now uh, honestly it's been a rough year so. <laughs> sorry i'm rewatching right now it's a hong kong battle see i want to see that eye moment again but it's not for a while mm-hmm. it's pretty great and uh the, the axe was enoch freaking out right here oh yeah he's like yes he's like, yeah. <laughs> did he like one of the monsters more. Oh, oh, he was all in on King Kong. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. See, 
I maybe it is the the cold, distant heart of Godzilla that I was drawn to him more. <laughs> okay, this is this is interesting. So you related more to Godzilla. I don't know if I related more to it. I just like I was like, man, I don't want Godzilla to die. <clears throat> no. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. He's too much like my dog. <laughs> like people people don't get him. Uh, all right, I, I gotta ask. We haven't talked about this at all, but there is a major subplot in this new movie that involves a podcaster. <laughs> oh my gosh! What is this actor's name? Brian Tyree Henry, who is amazing. He, he my, my letterbox review was gonna be like the problem with this movie is that he's in it, which means it's his movie. Wait, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, like I prob- see. Uh, the problem is that he owns this, like, he is everything. Yes. The, the problem is by putting Brian Tyree Henry in your movie every time he's not on screen. I'm like, can we get back to him? Can we get back <laughs> like, to the podcaster plot? <laughs> he was so funny. Gosh, darn it. Like, I know. I, I was telling Sarah, there's so many moments, like, when they override the computer by spilling booze <laughs> on it. And I'm like, all right, the, like, most expensive technology or advanced technology the world has ever seen. And it's like, oh, just pour water on it. Now it's it, it's like a signs moment. Yeah. But, um, but it, that happens. And then instantly he's like, now I have to die sober. <laughs> and, like, I forgive the cringy plot trope because of his energy and charm i'm like all right i don't care you're right i don't care i'm already laughing half a second after it happened yeah that man yeah um yeah i i am with you there's not a lot of uh uh depths of godzilla versus kong that i think we need to mine in in our conversation i think it was fun and i'm thankful for it for being super fun popcorn blockbuster and giving me the feeling like i I the Snyder Cut was such was so just heavy with the 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 weight of the story behind it and all of that and and there is a self seriousness to it. We like that movie, but like I can't remember the last time I watched just a new big dumb blockbuster yeah, movie too. and just like flat out enjoyed it. Same, same. Because what, uh, because so much of even like the MCU the Marvel stuff is trying to be this so often, but the the because of the way those movies are structured, you get, you know, Endgame, which is just so serious. And I like that movie right, a lot. Right, Well, and the amount that you need to be watching. Yeah. To, or, I, like, I would imagine having not seen any, any of those movies, that if I wanted to watch Endgame again, I would feel like I need to watch a bunch of other movies first. Yeah. I, which this you don't at all. No, like, we watched it, them all, but I didn't need to watch any of them none of them yeah none of them mattered yeah yeah so wrapping this up we, i mean we kind of already did our favorite shots but what what's your letterbox review um my letterboxed review of godzilla versus kong was four out of five stars uh i'm kind of tracking with the it's it's funny we we mentioned him earlier because uh, I saw some people that I follow on Letterboxd give Godzilla vs. Kong. Like, I had heard them or saw them tweet about the movie, say they liked it, that it was fun. And then their review of it was like two out of five stars, which mm. seems kind of, you know, incongruous with what they're saying about the movie. But I think they are, you know, judging it against the very best movies out there. <laughs> right. You know? Right. And and Roger Ebert's uh, strategy with film criticism was always, I'm going to... I'm going to judge the movie on its own merits and what it's trying to be. 
Right. And I think Godzilla vs. Kong is an excellent, excellent version of what it is trying to be. So four out of five yeah. for being a great big dumb blockbuster. Yeah, I was wavering between three and a half and four for that same reason. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not like all time, for, like, you know, on that spectrum of comparing yeah. it to The Godfather or whatever yeah. movie you want to decide for me to be Parasite instead of The Godfather. But um, I gave, I think I'm going to go four too yeah. for just a blockbuster freaking fun movie. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Is that okay? Is that okay, everybody? It's okay. <laughs> Don't don't give into the pressure hey, to do anything hey, less. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's okay. Because I'm just thinking about this, um, not animation style, but you know, this when all movies are like this, I so rarely feel anything. Yeah, that's why I was surprised by this. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's funny. I was actually kind of sad when this movie was over. I'm like. Because I, 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 I like this character, yeah. Godzilla. Yes. And when he goes into the ocean, I'm like, yeah, that's he, he's literally going to disappear for probably another 10, 20 years in our world before yeah. they make another one of these. Yeah. Uh, like, of him. Yeah. You know? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Sequels are so popular. But it's like, oh, I love this character that he just rolls up every few years and yeah. gives us something to watch. But, all right, well... So I think that wraps up Godzilla. Which I enjoyed a, this week. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, like I said, I was I'm sad seeing him go into the sea and <laughs> me being done watching these movies. I'm like weirdly attached to it now after watching <laughs> five in a row. Yeah, I'm like he's our protector. <laughs> it was a funny thing of I went into this week expecting to watch the original and the new one, and I ended up watching another three in between and just really enjoyed them all. Yeah, it's had so, to be done. Yeah, I'm glad for the pod because it's making me watch this stuff. Yeah, what um, what do we got on deck for next week? All right, this is a movie that I know almost nothing about. You had suggested this. It is out um, streaming now on Netflix as of just this weekend on April second. It is Concrete Cowboy, starring Idris Elba, one of my favorites, and one of the kids from Stranger Things. Um, also, we should uh, point out, you, maybe we put this at the beginning of the episode somewhere, that uh, Godzilla vs. Kong is streaming on HBO Max, yes. but it's only streaming there until April 30th. Yes. So if you'd like to see it, watch it before April 30th. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's HBO's kind of same-day release deal for limited time, um, but you got time to... And all of the, I should say... All of the movies that we talked about today are on HBO. Um, yes. The original Godzilla and all of the recent MonsterVerse movies are on HBO. So, And um, a bunch of other Godzilla movies that we did not watch. That is true. A lot of weird ones from the 70s. <laughs> yeah. So if go Godzilla crazy. Yes. And next week, Concrete Cowboy. Um, just as we're wrapping up, some housekeeping for the show. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies While They Sleep. You can follow us on Twitter at MWTSPod. And uh, we're slowly rolling out our YouTube presence. <laughs> and please, if you haven't done so already, first, uh, two things. Share the podcast with a friend, that movie lover friend of yours. Share, the, share this with them. And then please re- leave us a, a written review. Write us a review and, and, and five stars on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. Uh, and it's encouraging to get the feedback for us. 
time. Yeah, we're loving seeing those rolling yeah. once a week. Yeah, means means a ton. Yeah. So uh, check us out on there. We'll see you next week for Concrete Cowboy. Good night, y'all. Bye. Okay, Enoch, I got a question for you. Yes. When we watch Godzilla versus King Kong, who did you want to win? I would like Godzilla to I mean King Kong to win. Why King Kong? Because he is the main character and he's the one that saves everyone from the real show of action of the show. Yeah, okay. Did you like the movie? Yes. What was your favorite part? Well, my favorite part is when it ended. <laughs> Why? Because it was scary, of course. All right. I'm going to go to bed. The Wine Club.